welcome to the ASCD podcast, supporting you on your journey as a life-changing educator. Here's your host for today's program. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Rabora, the Chief Content Officer with ASCD ISTE. At a time when educators are facing rising challenges and stresses, the power of relationships within schools has become an area of increased interest. But how can educators themselves go about forging stronger relationships in their schools? What effect do constructive relationships really have on teacher job satisfaction and student learning? And why do schools so often struggle in this area? To explore these questions, I'm joined today by Nita and Michael Creekmore. Nita Creekmore is a former teacher who is now an instructional coach and inclusive literacy advocate. Michael Creekmore is a licensed professional counselor with extensive experience working in schools. Together, they are the authors of the new book, Every Connection Matters, How to Build, Maintain, and Restore Relationships Inside the Classroom and Out. So welcome, Nita and Michael. It's great to have you on our program. So excited to be here. Yes. So excited about this. Mm -hmm. So your book is about relationship building in schools with a focus mainly on how teachers can actively create better relationships to create more connected and resilient environments. What prompted you to write this book now? And who do you see as your ideal or hope-for reader? Mm, Okay. So we were both in schools. Well, Mike's still in schools. I'm not right at this moment. but At the time we were, though. At the time we were both in schools. And we saw a disconnect with not just teachers and students, but teachers and teachers or leaders and teachers or teachers and leaders. And we saw there was a disconnect there. And we were talking to each other and just sharing stories, things that we saw. We started getting into experiences that we had in building relationships or having to restore relationships and ways that we maintain relationships. And that's where it was birthed, just through conversation, coming home with him being a school counselor, me being an instructional coach and teacher, and just really having these conversations. And we also had conversations with our children. Yeah, it was right around COVID. And I remember we had, of course, we had all the time. Everyone had all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. So we sat down and we talked to our kids about their favorite teachers and what made them their favorite teachers. What was it about that teacher that made them your favorite? And at that time, we had a couple of high schoolers middle school and elementary. So we had the span, the K through 12 span we had going on. And that gave us a little bit more insight into Mm -hmm. what we really wanted to talk about, what we wanted to address and what we wanted to really highlight Mm -hmm. um, from a student perspective, but then also more importantly, from day to day, your colleagues, your teachers, what that looks like when you're interacting with your fellow teachers, your administrators, their front office staff, your custodians, there's all those different aspects and components within the school building, which is vital and makes it run. It actually makes makes the building go. So that's what we thought was just so important. And we hadn't really seen a lot out there about that. And there was always so much about teacher to student, but there's not a lot about, you know, teacher to teacher, mm-hmm. you know, teacher to admin, things of that nature. So mm-hmm. I'm going to add one more thing. So also in my teacher prep program, we talked about relationships, but we feel like there should be a class on relationship building. Because some people it comes really naturally to, mm-hmm. some people not so much. And so that's not something that was like embedded in my teacher prep program. And that's something we also talked about. Like the fact that this is the foundation, yet it's scathed over a little bit. Like, of course, this is what you're going to do right. versus like really intentionally having the skills and teaching the skills in order to do so. All right. I see. That's great. Very interesting. So toward the end of the book, you write, relationships can be a polarizing topic within some educator circles. 
some believe too much emphasis is placed on relationships. Is that true? Or can you explain where that comes from? Yes. Around the time, I'd say right around, it had to be right there in the the whole toxic positivity Mm -hmm. wave that was going on. Oh, Everyone was trying to make lemonade out of lemons and things of that nature. And then people would question the relationship you have with the student. If a teacher talked badly about a student, they would question that relationship that that said teacher had with that student. Mm -hmm. And they would say, well, you know, just because I have a relationship, the relationship is not going to be the silver bullet. Mm -hmm. We wanted to address that because We understand that. And even now, there are some particular circles that may believe that relationships are okay, but I'm not there to build a relationship with your child. I'm there to teach your child. So we wanted to speak that as well, because while some educators may feel that way, we also understand that those things don't happen and doesn't stick. It's not meaningful unless there is a relationship that's built. And not only kids, adults feel that as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to plus one that and also talking about that, what you were saying, Mike, but also remember we were talking about behaviors were illuminated in students after the pandemic. And one thing that we often saw or heard educators say is, yeah, relationships are important, but that's not going to cure the behavior. And so what what we're saying is yes and, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, it may not cure the behavior, but you can't have one without the other, Right. right? You can't help to do that without having a relationship. Right. So what do you see as the main barriers to relationship building in schools? What are, are there a few key things that are stand in the way? For me, I think the first part of it is not knowing your students and who they are, not knowing your teachers and who they are, mm-hmm. not taking that time to like slow down and really get to know past experiences with students in schools or mm-hmm. families in schools, not knowing the teacher across the hall, their experiences, and not just talking about level of experience in going to school for this number of years and I majored in this. No, no. Who are they as a person? Who am I working with on my team and really getting to know them? Because I can't imagine, like when I think about the Wolfpack team, we call ourselves the Wolfpack and they're probably like shouting for joy if you listen to this, but like the team was like a well-oiled machine. We knew each other's strengths. We knew each other's gaps and we've really fed off of each other's strengths and we helped each other where our, our gaps were. And so for me, it's like, if you don't know who you're working with, you don't know the type of leader that you have, how can you possibly, you know, build those relationships? So the barrier is not knowing, not right. knowing those people. Not knowing. And then I'd also add not trusting. Mm-hmm. Trust is a big one mm-hmm. because as we know, when we trust people, think about your close circle of friends now, not even your closest circle, but the circle that you have at your at your workspace, whatever your job may be, because we do feel like this book can translate into other professions as well. Mm-hmm. Think about those close friends, work buddies that you have. Mm -hmm. You trust them for the most part. Mm -hmm. So once you trust someone, you are able to be a little bit more open, a little bit more transparent, share a little bit more about yourself, be a little bit more forthcoming. So I think that's something as well that is really, really important. And we kind of highlight that as well when we're talking about how to build trust and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you also write that many educators do not realize that from the moment you enter the school building, you are constructing or deconstructing relationships. So for educators who want to be more conscious about constructing relationships, what are some things to keep in mind or steps to make sure you're going in the right direction? For me, and the reason why we said that we also talked about, we had gone another way with the book and we were talking about different (laughs) rooms and things like that. So when we're thinking about when you first step into a building, The thing that me and Mike talked about when we were writing the book was even when I was being interviewed, as I walked into the building, I am like looking around to see how do people function in this building? Yes, where are those interactions? Mm -hmm. And what 
I think folks don't realize is that as soon as you walk into the building, you can see so much. Yeah. You can see yeah. how the office staff is working with the leader. Right. You can see how a teacher walks in, or you can even see me as a visitor. How am I being greeted right. coming into the building, right? And so even from the interview, I'm seeing all of these different dynamics that's happening, even as I walk into a building. And then other people can see it too. Right. right. And I even wrote, before I was in schools, I was in community mental health and still, I'm still active in community mental health. Um, but when I would come into the school to see a student, when I'm sitting there in the lobby, I would just sit and just watch because you can kind of see. And you know, those of you who have been in the schools, you know, you can see when you're visiting another school, the school just by sitting there. Yeah. It, now, it may not always be true. I'm sure it's not always the case. Some people are just having bad days or it's just a bad showing at the time. But sometimes you can kind of get a window into what's going on and what it may be like at that mm -hmm. school based on the interactions that you just see as a fly on the wall, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So one strategy there would be authenticity, like mm -hmm. showing up as who you are and who they are, right? And so a way that I have, and, and Mike has done the same thing, is just being transparent and being transparent in the sense of, I'm not saying I'm going to expose all of my like yeah. family business and all <laughs> that, but, that, but if there's something that is, that is happening, let's say if there's a conflict, mm -hmm. right? When you don't say that there's something there, it bubbles, right? right? And yeah. so that relationship is, it ends up bubbling under the surface. One thing, I think I saw a quote somewhere and I don't know who said it. So if you said, it, you know, tap me in, but it's um, when everyone in your school or, or organization gets quiet, that's a red flag, hmm. right? It's a red flag because no one feels safe enough yeah. to, to say the thing, whether it's like, a good thing or an adjustment or something that they, you know, want to shift or something they don't agree with. They don't feel comfortable enough mm -hmm. to speak their truth. And so part of that is like transparency, authenticity, what Mike was saying about trust, like all of those things. And we have strategies in every chapter for all the different types of relationships for you to take on to be able to start building or maintaining or even restoring relationships that have been broken. Right. Yeah. And for our listeners, there's a great deal in the book about authenticity in relationships and how important it is and also how complex it can be yes. in schools. So I just wanted to highlight that. You also explore, as you've mentioned, a range of different types of relationships for teachers to other teachers, to families, to administrators. But in the case of teachers' relationships with students, mm -hmm. how does relationship building affect learning in your view? Oh, it's everything. <laughs> And us talking to our kids, when we knew this, but us talking to our own children, we talked about the good teachers that we felt like, oh, which teacher do you feel like you have the right. most relationship with? But we and also we, talked about teachers that- Right. And we kind of knew both. Yeah. Before they said it, we knew the good ones. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and we actually, you know, we knew some of the bad ones too. Mm -hmm. But it's really the same thing that we're talking about, like getting to know the teachers, other teachers in your building is the same thing with your students. Your students also come with so many stories about their lives or their culture or how they come into this world or how they identify. And the fact that I feel like some teachers, not all, definitely, some teachers don't tap into that. And some some do have the philosophy is like, I'm there to teach them. I'm not there to like right. build, a relationship. build a relationship. I'm not mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. You're really missing out on a whole host of learning, almost like having a wall up, mm -hmm. right? So imagine the type of learning that could take place if that student felt like they could trust you too. I always told my students this, and I know Mike does too, respect goes both ways. Yeah. I respect you and you respect me. I need to respect you just as much as you respect me as right. well. Mm -hmm. 
And we already know that there's famous quotes out there to say kids don't learn from adults and teachers that they don't like. Mm -hmm. So you can, yeah, you can say that all day long, but of course, you know, Rita Pearson said it best. Mm -hmm. If a kid doesn't like you, they're not going to learn. And more often than not, they are, they may very well cause problems in your class and make it very disharmonious in your classroom. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So as we've been talking about, your book is mainly addressed to teachers but do you have any advice for school leaders on creating the conditions in schools yeah. to make them more conducive to relationship building? I would definitely want to say, because I know we can go back and forth on it, we've had some excellent leaders and we've had some leaders that, you know, we're not going to say they were bad, but they just were not as good as previous leaders. Mm -hmm. So we can say that. And I think that's a fair statement. But I also feel like one of the things that helps for me, because sometimes it depends on your personality type, mm -hmm. for myself, I appreciate honesty and transparency. I need you to be forthcoming. I don't need you to kind of give me the smoke and mirrors. I need to know what it is so I can, whatever it is, I can brace myself and prepare for it mm -hmm. or I can fully enjoy it. But I think being as a leader, trying to be as transparent as possible. And I know that can be very challenging, especially when you are a school leader, whether it be counselor, administrator, coach, whatever it may be. Just the fact that the matter is you usually have someone from the county or district office that you're kind of like the go-between at times. Right. So oftentimes you can't really say exactly what you want to say or how they said it. You have to translate that and make it palatable for everyone in the building. And that can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. But just doing the best that you can to do that and be as transparent and open and honest is definitely a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. One thing I do want to name is that like in our book, in this chapter, we actually talk to teachers and we also talk to leaders. So we talk on both sides. But <clears throat> one thing I do want to name, and this seems little, but it's huge. Everything that you get from the district office, depending on the timeline, doesn't always have to be shared right, right at the same time. Yes. The best leaders for me were the ones that like, okay, this isn't need the teachers don't need to know all of this right now because it'll overwhelm my staff. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is knowing the people that you serve, right? And knowing, okay, I've already dropped, I don't want to call bomb. it a bomb, but like, but, you yeah. know, I've already dropped Some this heavy off, information. Yeah. <laughs> on my teachers. Let me hold on to this until it's the right time. I don't have to drop it all on them at the same time. It's almost like a rubber band, like knowing how much my teachers can hold that's been like one of the most important leaders that I've had to be able to be so aware and so knowledgeable about their staff that they're yeah. able to navigate that part. And see, even with that, just the whole idea of being that rubber band and knowing your staff, that comes with actually getting in there trying to know your staff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that means getting out there and talking to your staff, engaging in conversation, even though you think it may be not a big deal. It could be a very big deal for that staff member who's on the receiving end of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Just to, you know, checking in to see how their kids are doing, how their family's doing, how they're doing, remembering something that they had going on and bringing it back to them just to check in, not to check to see if what they said was actually true or were they lying to mm -hmm. try to get a sick day where it was supposed to be a personal day. <laughs> but no, just checking in to see how they're doing. That's that authenticity, that genuineness. And that's that part of building the relationship that is this big that helps. So trying to get out there as a leader and getting to know your staff mm -hmm. is important too. What you're talking about, Mike, is like filling that bucket, right? Yes. Like, yeah. So like you fill that bucket with like, hey, how, how did one of our daughters' name is Aspen. How did Aspen do in her volleyball tournament? Yes. I remember you said. And then like that is like a yeah. fill in the bucket. Mm -hmm. So then whenever there's some things that are dropped down, that's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. my staff may not like this. 
they can take it a little bit better because you've been filling their bucket the whole time. Right, right. You know, it's, it's, it's that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. One last quote from your book. You write that the magic created through productive relationships is what keeps educators in the field. So are you optimistic that schools and the education field in general will start to focus more on this connection? I think they will. I know speaking in the county in which I work, there's been a heavy emphasis placed on that uh, from a county, from a district level. So I feel like, and I know there are other districts doing it as well. So I feel like that's more of a shift Mm -hmm. right now. And I got to say, this might not go over too well. But yes, relationships are a major part, but also compensation as well. So when you're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, just being able to retain um, educators, if we're talking about retaining educators in the field, that's got to come up in the conversation as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is trending and it's finally trending in that direction. I actually feel like some of the relationships from before, it was kind of innate from the good teachers, like not to date ourselves, but from our generation, (laughs) some of the good teachers, they just naturally did it. Yeah. Uh, So it wasn't like an emphasis based on it. It was just innate and they did it. Whereas now I think with the global digitalization and things of that nature, it's kind of pushed us away from those social interactions. So we have to put more of an emphasis on it because it's been decentered. It's not the center for a lot of educators, sometimes there a lot of things are digital. They're mm-hmm. using technology for this. Kids are on their phones. Everyone's texting. So just be able to be very direct and intentional in creating relationships. I think we're finally trending in that direction. And another thing is like we are stronger in community. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, is that when we have relationships, there's so many schools that I've been a part of that had something may not have shifted, had a leader not been changed out and changed the culture of the school. I would probably would have still been at some of those schools yeah. because the culture and the relationships there was holding me there. There's so many times when I would, like I tell Mike, like I ended up moving to Georgia and I was at the school that I loved. I probably would have still be working there today. Had the conditions <laughs> stayed the same. And the thing is that things do change, but the relationship part of it is what was keeping me there. Mm-hmm. And so I would have liked to make more money. But at that time, I was so happy working there, not just because I love kids. I do love kids, but because I love my team, because I love my leader, because I loved how we did things as a community. And so that was holding me there. And so I just think, yes, compensation is so important. Like, yes, pay teachers more. I will say that. I'll put that. I'll tattoo that on my left arm. But I feel like being in communities where like teachers are the professionals where the students are looked at as like they have their geniuses, where we're working together collaboratively. Like that is the heaven of education. And that's what we want it to be. Wonderful. Ed and Michael Creekmore, thank you so much for taking time to share your expertise and insights with us. Thanks to all our listeners for joining us. To learn more about Nita and Michael's book, Every Connection Matters, visit www.ascd.org slash books. 